Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending where you are, patriots, and when you listen to this. I'm Kleshna Kitty, and please look me up on Clapper at Kleshna Kitty SC, where I rant and rave and do other different things, depending on what my brain tells me to do, but they're always highly political, highly informative, and I do try to help you. I am a patriot. I support the Constitution as written. I do not believe there's any gray to it. I do not believe... Our founding fathers would be very happy with where our country is today. And all day I've been praying about, I got on these big notions a couple of, couple of days, I went on an investigation of HIPAA. And real quick update on that, I got to talk to a HIPAA lawyer, and I posted that on Clapper. And if you go to Clapper, start at the beginning, and really go through my videos, because they build. But, um... HIPAA was basically just set up so no one could go to your doctor and get information about you. It was not meant to protect us from anyone else. So in HIPAA, the original reason why is if you went to a doctor, no one could come to you and say, why did Mary go to the doctor today? Now, you know when you go to the doctor, you sign lots and lots of forms. And those forms designate who the doctors are allowed to talk to about your conditions. Make sure you read the fine print. But HIPAA was never meant to protect anybody from what we're seeing today. Everyone's saying, well, they can't use HIPAA, HIPAA, HIPAA. Yes, they can. I talked to a pharmacist yesterday who said he would talk to me. So HIPAA, he said is this. If Mary's brother comes in and says, did Mary get the vaccine? He can't tell him. But if Mary's employer comes because you signed a document saying that they can, he can tell them. HIPAA is a way to protect us from unwanted intrusion in our lives from people that don't have any business knowing. It does not protect us, however, the lawyer told me. And this woman must be a top in her field from anybody saying you cannot come in because you don't have vaccine. Schools, hospitals, businesses, anywhere that is public has the right to basically say you have to do this, this, or this, you can't come in. It is not discrimination, she said, and not one court case has moved forward. Every state's employment at will, and even unions are pretty much now too, and therefore, she said, good luck winning that one. Um... It's not going to happen. I truly believe eventually they will tie all this in to somehow with insurance systems and banking. And pretty much anything else they can do to take away our ability to have income, a place to live. And then they can bring everybody into submission with their vaccine mandates, whatever else comes next. Because a business license, a professional license, anything that's arbitrary, they can basically say does not apply to HIPAA. And if you don't do this, this, and this, you are not going to get this license. And I can tell you that as being a business owner, that is very true. But what I want to focus on today is something that really has been bothering me. And it started a little bit with the HIPAA when I... I do recruiting for a group I belong to, and it is 
what I believe is a constitutional militia. We identify as 3%, and um, we are defensive. We are... I found this particular group, like anyone finds a group. And there's many, many groups out there. There's a wide spectrum of them. But what I've realized is with recruiting and talking to people, get, trying to get my messages out, I'm not even sure groups are the right way to go anymore. One is very difficult as a group it gets bigger to keep a, a unified vision of the group. If you start with five, six, seven people, everybody has the same vision. But as you grow and new people come in, people leave, the visions change. For instance, I'm going to talk about dog rescue because it's something everyone can pretty much know about. So you start a dog rescue and we're just going to rescue chihuahuas. And then somebody comes in and says, I saw a chihuahua poodle. Let's, let's help this chihuahua poodle. And then it opens up a door. And if you look at the same group a year later, now they're rescuing everything but chihuahuas. What happens is people, unless things are written down in stone and you stay to those things, it is hard for groups to stay static because a group is not a static entity. I have come to think of ideas and notions as the way to go, putting concepts out, and then people take those concepts into a group of their own, using their own mindset in that group. Here is one of the issues that it's always really hit home with me trying to get people to understand what the patriots believe. As I, I think, well, we're patriots, constitutional patriots support the constitution. I know so many people that believe like I do, and they are not going to join a group. They're not. And there's a lot of reasons why. But I will tell you the two biggest are they don't want their name out there, they're afraid of some lists. And they've been around people enough to know they're tired of drama and fighting and everything else. But lately I've come up to another opposition that's really bothered me. I've had people ask me, well, what exactly is the point of joining? You're telling me you have this role and this role. And if I don't fit those roles, there's no point for me to, what am I going to do? The other thing people have said is, honestly, how we all, and it's realistic. If tomorrow we woke up and... The world had no electricity. The grid was down. You really think you're going to make it to a group? I don't. I believe groups have to come down to the microcosm of a town. Take the group and narrow it down to that small and get the people bought in. Because if crap hit the fan tomorrow, it's going to be the people that you can walk to in your town. That I've got to defend that town. But you, if you wait until it's too late, the town is not defendable. So most groups have actionable and support roles. I've been with a long time. I do not like categorizing people because it puts labels on people, it causes divisions, and especially in a group that doesn't have a lot, everyone defines roles differently. 
years ago, I was in an organization, and that's how I was broken down into literally small units and towns. And you're responsible for building up within a 20-mile radius, say, where you live. But what impressed me about that is, yes, you had what we call the foot soldiers, I guess. They were usually the ex-military, ex-law enforcement, people with high skills, special skills. It can even be tracking skills. And they were the people that if they had to go out and take what they needed or do something aggressively, they were the ones that were going to do it. But times have really changed since 2000-something. This was probably when Obama was in. What has changed is the level of socialism in our country. When you look at 2020 and businesses were closed and churches are closed, and the insanity of what's going on still. And it's just, they're just playing cat and mouse with us. I believe a group has to focus on being ready to literally stand and defend their community. Listen to me, Patriots. A group cannot be a narrow-minded, you're in, you're out. A group is an our ideas, their notions, their people that believe the same things in a town, in a city, in a location. You can train with a group and you can have a group that you identify with in some ways. But at the end of the day, it's like-minded, the Constitutional Congress, people with the same ideas that they believed in, the same concepts of freedom they believed in. This is what needs to be the objective. The group I used to belong to, and I really liked how it was organized more than anything, because it wasn't even so much a group per se as trying to get people to unify to be able to work together. So when somebody approached about joining we would get a list of their skills. Because if crap hit the fan and there wasn't electricity tomorrow, who knows how to make things? Who can forge? Who's a blacksmith? Who can weld? Who can do irrigation? There's so much if you're looking at building this community. And when you, if you have a group and you just have one or two support roles, say medical, communications. Okay, so if you're not a medical person and you're not a comms person, what role do you have there? And if you're not going to go out and be super soldier, there's no reason for someone to go into that group necessarily. And that is the frustration where a lot of, I believe, militias are going wrong now. And then there's the problem of, are we going to stand our ground or are we going to go hide in a compound somewhere? When everything closed in 2020, I didn't close my business. And I got together. I, like I said, there's a very like-minded people. 
And we said we were not going to close, no matter what. And if it came down to it, it came down to it right there. And I still believe that. I was not going to get locked in my house. I was not going to be told what to do. No mandate is a law. I will not bow to tyranny. And my inspiration for this was the woman that owns a business next to mine whose family lived through the Holocaust. And she absolutely said, I will not do this. And she brought in the boxes of things that have been passed down through the generation about all this. And when you read the newspaper accounts, and she told me, March 2020, this nation is done. It'll never. Those schools will never open, nor we're done. Don't tell me schools are open. They're not, okay? So she cuts hair. She had a hair salon. She never stopped. The windows are wide open. And I tell the story a lot because it gave me shivers. Her husband and couple's friends stood outside with weapons. One day someone filed a complaint. And we know most of the local police anyways is in a huge city. And they told her, you know, close your windows at least. And she said, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to close my windows. I'm making a point. She said, shoot me now or arrest me. If you arrest me, I'll come back tomorrow. Shoot me now, clean up the blood, and that's it. You don't have to worry about me anymore. But I will not, I will not comply. And, of course, they left. They never came back. You know how rare that is for a 63-year-old lady to do something like that? Because she understood from her family history of where this nation was going. That's what I believe groups need to be focused on now. If this happens again, what are we going to do? Running and hiding in a compound. Running and hiding in bunkers. Or saying I'm going to live in the woods. You're not going to go live in the woods. People can't camp more than a few days. Come on. And if you watch any of my videos, I talk about physical fitness. No one is fit enough to go live in the woods. It's ridiculous. Groups need to move away from the idea of being a group to a local resource of bringing municipalities, cities, towns together, telling them what can happen and saying, what are we going to do? Getting law enforcement involved, EMTs involved, firefighters involved. I think one of the reasons most 3% organizations have fallen apart, besides the usual infighting and egos, is it's not realistic anymore. Now that we're actually seeing things play out, I think a lot of people see them as weekend warriors. We're hanging out. We're having some fun. We're doing some training. But is it really training? Because I'm going to be honest. If 
my organization, you know, and a lot of organizations, yeah, they have the ways of training. Some, and most of them, I guess you could say, train in traditional tactics. This is not going to be a traditional tactics kind of thing going on. Um, if we have civil unrest, if things really go south and the government's coming around to take the kids and take our guns, we're not going to be in a military formation. <laughs> the goal is going to be taking out as many of the enemy as quickly as possible in any way possible and saving ammo. One thing that I've always tra trained in the past, and I don't know why people are so scared to talk about it because the army manuals are out there, improvised weapons. There's a reason for this because what happens if you didn't have any more ammo? What happens if your weapons got taken? The army manuals are there. You can go to an army navy store and buy the manuals to make everything from a smoke bomb as a, as a di diversion to actual weapons or even how to forge Damascus and make knives, anything. Don't be afraid. Oh, look, we can't talk about improvised weapons. Why not? Why not? If we're talking about prepping and learning how to vacuum sell food and we're going to make bread the way they did in 1860, then I think it's pretty damn important how to forge a damn knife or how to make a catapult or how to stop invaders coming into your town. If I had my ideal way of setting up, I'm going to call this a resistance movement. Because that's what it is. I would have in each town a leadership. And they would get the, what they would call the actual foot soldiers. The people that are capable of going out and, if necessary, be able to do what they need to do. But these people have to physically be able to do what they need to do. Not that they did it 20 years ago in the military. They could do it now and actually have acted out that scenario over and over again. And one of my frustrations is, and I want to bang my head on the wall about this, guns and ammo mean nothing. I'm going to be very, very honest with you. Guns and ammo mean nothing. If you cannot physically, physically do what is necessary in a survival situation or a combat situation, it has nothing to do with guns and ammo. You'll never make it there to get the guns and ammo. I work with companies that do survival and tactical fitness, and we get people all the time. I talk about some clapper that say, uh, we want to come out and do a training camp, maybe with our families. You know, we're looking, we want to learn more survival skills, bushcraft, all these different things. Well, let me tell you, chopping wood takes a lot of energy and work. You have to go find the wood. You got to go do all these things. You know, people think it's going to be like dropped in front of them, but it's not. We make it realistic. Same thing with tactical training. It is not sitting there hitting targets. And 
it's not, I'm going to be very honest with you. And I have really talked to a lot of people that I know that agree with me on this. If you were in a situation like that and had to say, get to point B, because maybe you had people coming in to where you were and they were being blocked by the enemy. Let's just say that. Or you're trying to get out of your town to get to a safer place. And you notice there's a compound of enemy people. What would you do? Would you charge at them like the blue and the gray? Well, first, let's get back to the fitness aspect. All of this involves fitness. you got to be able to do certain things. And you, people talk about battle rattle. All right, put another 50, 60 pounds on yourself. You say you stockpile these guns and ammo, but now you have to take them with you. How many freaking guns are you going to have on you? And how much ammo can you carry? You're going to take it off the dead. Okay, I, I see that part. First, you got to make them dead. What I'm trying to tell you, Patriots, is I really believe this notion of groups, it needs to go away. We need to get back to a movement of the minds, a survival mentality, a clan mentality of coming together to stand against. And this is what I mean. I'm going to be very blunt on this. You have a business. And they tell you to close. You say we're not closing. The powers that be show up. That you give an ultimatum. Just like that woman did. But we are going to fight. Look what's going on in Australia. They don't have guns. We are not in Australia's position because we have guns. But... If you really want to say you're going to build an organization, you're going to build this network, the first thing you have to do is make sure you physically can do what you say you are and what you plan on doing. If you did not have electricity and say, or you couldn't run the tractor and you had to plow fields, do you know how exhausting that is to manually plow a field and plant crops? Most people can't bend up down to tie their shoes. Have you ever had to walk three miles to get supplies or water and bring it back? People don't have the skills to make horseshoes if you didn't have cars. Most people don't have to forge metal. It's not Gilligan's Island, you know. So when I talk to people about coming into my organization, I believe it with all my heart. I believe in everything the Melissa 3% is about. But they always say, well, I can't, I'm not going to go out and be super soldier. But if you're going to build a compound and I don't know this, this and this, what am I going to be doing there? And how am I going to get there? And what's the point? But if I said to them in my local town, look, my organization is building a unit in this town and we want to be ready for when that day comes that means we want to have the food storage we want to have 
their schools ready, the alternative schools, alternative medications, alternative hospitals. We want people that can have the skills like blacksmithing. We want people that know how to butcher animals that can preserve the meat, that can make clothing. We want all these people. We want to know their roles. So join this organization. Let's put down your roles and let's get building this. People, I think, are going to buy into something. There's something I've been looking at called Victory City. And that's pretty much what they want to do, build parallel cities. And then have people as protection. It's, it's something that really needs to be looked at. But society is dividing twofold. The vaccinated and the unvaccinated. A lot to think about, a lot of my mind, and I know I ramble, but I'm giving you things for you to think about. If you're in an organization, I know a lot of people are that listen to this, or unorganized, I like to call it, meaning that you are a 3% supporter, but you're not going to join a group for the reasons I said. What happens when we weren't having groups? What happened if it was just communities, teams, readiness teams, preparedness teams? Would people come together more easily? Because ultimately, a group is going to fail. It's going to. But a concept of an idea won't. For instance, in World War II, and I've studied this, I have the books, The Resistance, just like Hogan's Heroes, The Underground. It wasn't an organization per se. It was a network, an idea, a, a chain of like-minded people that believed in something. And they made it happen. We need to make this happen because tyranny is happening. I am Kushna Kitty. Please look me up on Clapper. Email me at revoltwellness.pm.me. Have a blessed night.